Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast series on impact, talking with entrepreneurs and organizational leaders who contribute to building a more cooperative and positive future. I'm Ursula York, the host of this series. I'm a mentor to business people who want to have a positive effect on the world around them, building strong businesses by creating value for their clients, team members, and the larger world. I'm so passionate about sharing with you the stories of entrepreneurs and leaders who have impact. They're inspiring and energizing role models. I hope you use what you learn here to be inspired about what you can do in your business and beyond. For ongoing inspiration and support to get clear on your impact and put it into action, enter your name and email at workalchemy.com. Today's guest in this podcast series on impact is Meredith Elliott Powell. Meredith was voted one of the top 15 business growth experts to watch by Currency Fair. She is an award-winning author, keynote speaker, and business strategist. With a background in corporate sales and leadership, her career includes several industries, including banking, healthcare, and finance. Meredith worked her way up from an entry-level position to earn her seat at the C-suite table. She has a cutting-edge message rooted in real-life examples and real-life knowledge. She's the author of four books, including Winning in the Trust and Value Economy, a finalist in the USA Best Book Awards, and her latest, Own It, Redefining Responsibility, stories of power, freedom, and purpose about how to build cultures that inspire ownership at every level to create profits at every turn. Meredith is passionate about helping her clients understand everything they need to know about how to make this economy start working for them. So thank you for being here, Meredith. It's great to have you on the podcast. I'm excited to be here, excited about this conversation. <laughs> Me too. So what is it that that brought you to this point with the business that you have now? And tell us a, a bit about what you are doing right now. Certainly. I am, I, you know, I make my living. How I impact the business world is through my work as a keynote speaker and author, as well as a business coach consultant, sort of what I'm feeling on any particular day I might call myself a certain um, title. But, you know, when I was really thinking about, you know, what did draw me into this? I mean, why am I doing what I do right now? And really, it's because I think like so many entrepreneurs, I kept trying to fit into, uh, you know, what is it, a, you know, a square peg into a round hole or, or vice versa. Is I was working in, um, in corporate America and, and, um, and was really, I, you know, working to help my teams and things succeed. And I found that what I was was more of an annoyance than I was a help. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was better at being outside the organization, helping to move it forward rather than than inside. I really am somebody who likes change for change's sake, likes improvement for improvement um, sake. And you know that that is really what led me to start working as somebody who made change from the outside rather than trying to make it outside in. That's great. I, I love that you had this realization <laughs> and uh and from your client's point of view as well, from being internal to the organization to going external. So, Meredith, what is it that makes your business unique or special? The, the, I know that in your last book, you talk about responsibility and redefining it. Are, are there other ways that, you're, that what you're doing is, is unique in the business world? 
what a great question. I mean, what makes a business unique um, or, or special? I mean, I think, you know, I founded my business in 2005, and I believe that it was unique and special right from the start. But things really changed for me in 2008. Unfortunately for most people, that's not a... Um, that's not a, uh, a good time uh, to remember from a business standpoint because the world sort of turned on its access. But for me, that is when um, business really changed and, and the opportunity opened up for what I think is unique about my business. And that is that this holistic approach, this understanding that business is partly numbers and process and systems and profit and partly people. And what I love about the economy today and what I write and what I speak about is I honestly and passionately believe it is one of the best economies to be successful in. But you've got to understand that you've got to be good to your employees. You've got to be great to your customers. Leadership needs to give back and have an impact on their community. And the way that you succeed is by understanding systems, process, and profit. And you do that through the path of giving and being good to your communities, good to your people, and good to your customers. And I'm curious because of this conversation around impact that um, is part of that looking at business in a kind of larger context it, there's uh, i'm sure you're aware of the conscious capitalism movement yeah. um, mm -hmm. where companies are are looking at uh, what they're doing in a not necessarily a social context but certainly in the larger context of uh, who they're serving and how that affects their environment and, and everyone's environment is that part of the equation for you or is that something that you you don't really delve into you know it is part of the equation for me but I think like what we do in most things in our world we overcomplicate it um, you know here's here's the thing is that if you are um, you know if you are good to your um, you know you've got to understand that you don't live in a vacuum you don't build a business in a vacuum you're impacted by the environment you create. You're impacted by the customers that you serve. And that if you, you know, you go on this understanding, you know, conscious capitalism, that we are all connected. I've always said that nonprofits, charities, need to act a little bit more like a business. I totally I'm agree. All about, you know, I, I believe that you need to watch. You're responsible for the money that comes in and how you spend it and what you do with it and you have to make choices and decisions at the same time businesses should act more like charity right and if i can take the whole moral component out of it it's smart business if you do the right things if you act the right way it will come back to you i've always believed that but the way that the economy has shifted now I, I don't believe you'll be in business long term if you don't function that way. Yeah. I know it's amazing to me how that has evolved in recent years where, <clears throat> the, I mean, profit used to be the entire focus. There, I, yeah. think there, I think there was often a kind of underlying value system on the part of the owners or the, the folks yeah. running the company that maybe wasn't expressed as openly as we're talking about it now, but that wasn't necessarily true of companies and, and it continues to not be true for some companies, but they, they actually don't do as well financially, ironically. So yeah. how, 
how does your how does your value system come into play in the work that you're doing? Um, the the conversation about impact, I believe, has to include a look at our own values and what we hold as important because that influences the impact that we have. Is that something that you you have thought about consciously and that you consider important? I think the values, I think your values are the most important part of your business plan, strategic plan, whatever you, whatever you call it. Um, for your for yourself, um, you know, I, I definitely use it in the work that I do with my own clients. Um, but that begins with me. My whole business changed and changed for the better when I started doing everything based off my values. And let me say, with first of that, you've got to really sit down and decide what those are. I mean, we all have. You know, we all have a whole litany of values that we have. But, you know, I think what, what you're asking me is, what are like your five big non-negotiables? I mean, what, what really reflect and what are you passionate about? And once you have those, I know for me, they dictate how I make decisions, what I'm going to do in my business. I, I don't know about you, but I imagine that many entrepreneurs that listen to your show are like me. We suffer from shiny object syndrome. Everything <laughs> sounds like a good idea. Everything you want to jump right. in. And, um, and I found that when I go back to my values and say, how does this decision, how is it rooted in this? How does it move me more towards being the person that I am? The other is um, is consciously holding myself accountable um, to do to reflect those in the work that I do. But the biggest difference it has made in two things that I do. One is I read my values every morning because as much as I would like to tell you that I am a constant reflection of my values, I have to make a conscious decision to be those values. Um, so I like to be mindful of them every day. The other is I hire according to them. And that made that made such a difference in my business. It, it's it's in order to grow, um, you almost to me, once you have values, you've got a little secret club going on with the people that you're working with. <laughs> you're all somehow at a deep level speaking the same language and I found that you know people would work for me and I'd be like oh my gosh I'm a tyrant I, they drive me crazy but when you don't match the same value it's difficult and I choose my clients that way too mm -hmm. that's great I uh, I love that daily practice because I completely agree yeah. I think you know nobody's perfect we're we're holding ourselves to a kind of crazy standard to think that you don't need some kind of constant reminder of what is valuable because you can get so caught up in the day to day. The the you, um, you, yeah yeah, go ahead. yeah yeah I mean I'll just give you a quick example. Is yeah, that, like one of mine is that I really want to be approachable. I want to be a resource. That's important to me. And if I'm not mindful of that, I can't tell you how many times I'll get an email and somebody will ask me a question. I'm like, are you kidding? Why are you bothering me? I have to remember that my value is that I want to be approachable and a resource. So even though maybe I'm not feeling that value at the moment, being mindful of it makes me to remember to act those ways. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to hear how you hire based on values or even choose clients based on values because it, it's not a normal it's a normal quote unquote it's not a the usual kind of conversation that you necessarily have with clients or, or people that you're considering for your team how, how do you uh, blend that into your conversations yeah great um great question the um the 
the I'm going to start with um, employees because I think if you get that right, the second piece kind of kind of takes care of itself it, uh, to a little bit. But I'll answer that question as well. During the um, during the interview um, process, I bring out my values, and um, and part of the interview process is to um, is to have people write down an example, a time of when. Um, you know what those values would mean to them and how they express um, those values. I back that up with the Colby testing system, oh. which helps me out a little bit. Yeah, that's but, great. But you know, it, yeah, interviews are never perfect, right? I mean, we're always—it's sort of like a first date. Everything looks honky dory, and then six <laughs> months later, you find out you find out they're a lunatic, right? So, <laughs> but, but we're not here to talk about my personal life, right? But, <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Um, but anyway, um, uh, but I do um, quarterly reviews with um, my my team that works with me, and it's it's um, just a simple, you know, ten questions that I send to them that they fill out and send back to me, and we spend thirty minutes on the phone. But the one thing that I ask in that ten question is just these are the values in the company. Tell me what you did last quarter to reflect, to act out, and to do these values. And pretty with that system in place, that hiring that way and then asking for that reinforcement, um, first of all, people who share my values understand those are the priority. So I get more of that. Where I'm, it's improved the communication. The other is it, it gets people out, it you know, sort of brings it to the surface pretty quickly if they're not going to be a fit and it's not going to be um, – you know, it's not going to be a, a good value fit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, thanks for sharing that. I think um, one of the things that's so helpful for people to hear is what to give them ideas about what they could do to integrate this idea of impact and values into what they're doing. So thanks for that example. It's, yeah, it's got to get into the, it's got to get into everything that you as a leader deem valuable, because if you don't, people won't reflect it. The others, I realize it seems like a lot of upfront work, but if you do it, speaking the same language with the people that you work with is going to make your life so much easier. Absolutely. And enjoyable for everybody, which will and, mm -hmm. and help people be effective. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what are the most important ways that you feel that you have an impact with your clients? That How do you make a positive contribution in their work and their lives, in the work that you do? I am going to tell you what my clients say. And <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't even realize um, this, but the biggest piece of feedback that I got in 2016 as to what I give people um, is first, hope. Second, um, a strategy, a way to succeed no matter what um, this economy does backed up by a way to um, make them enjoy what they're doing again. That is great. What a great combination to, and I was intrigued when you said, give them hope. What, what do you mean by yeah. that? Well, you know, it's, uh, it's funny because I was just, I've been talking, um, uh, I've been talking with some clients as we roll into 2017 and I'll say, well, you know, give me a mood. I'd like to know the mood of the company before I get in there. Tell me the mood of, of leadership, tell me the mood of your members, what, whatever it is. <laughs> and, and the biggest thing I'm getting back is um, optimistic, optimistic, incredibly uncertain. 
my favorite response was we're optimistically manic. Um, and so, and so what I think is, um, you know, even, even take this election and all the craziness out of it. I mean, I think you could even remove that thing. Is life is coming at us so fast, both professionally and personally. Things are shifting things. And I think that people are stuck like a, like, you know, like a deer in the headlights, overwhelmed. And at any given moment, even if things are positive right now, we all know a gas crisis, a terrorist attack, the new competitor coming down the street. We're just waiting on the next big thing. We've become such a negative culture that we're just waiting for the next big thing to land that's going to pull the rug out from under us. So I was shocked when they said that, too, because I didn't realize I was giving people hope. But, but I mean, I, I believe straight down to my toes. If you can get your head out of that negativity, if you can get yourself out of that, if you can find your focus in the middle of insanity, <laughs> you're going to leave your competition in the dust. And yeah. that's really what I do. Mm, that's great. Well, I, in this in this impact that you're having, what have you found is a is a really great use of your time and energy? And and what's a, what's a waste of time for you? What's not a good use of your energy? Um. Ooh, that's another really good question. The best use of my time um, and energy is to be connecting with people. So is to be is to be FaceTime, and I don't mean I don't mean always online. It can be can mean for me it can be um, up on stage. It can be writing um, you know books or writing blogs or getting those thoughts out. Or just I'm I'm very traditional. I still write handwritten notes. I still meet people for coffee. I pick up the telephone. But that's the best use of my time because that's how I learn, that's how I grow, and that's how I build relationships. And I really believe if you build your network, you will change your life. It's, it's everything. The biggest waste um, for me is, um, is, is heavy details. Like I was um, editing some video the other day and I thought, what are you doing editing video? This is going to take you um, longer than it took to shoot the video. Why don't you just hire somebody else to do it? I mean, right. to really get clear on those things that, um, you know, that I am not good at and what I am not good at is the detail. Right. Yeah, and that's a very important thing to know. Um, yeah. What, um, this is a question I haven't asked anybody yet, but I'm, uh, I'm curious about it. I've been thinking about the choices that we have to make in order to have the impact that we want to have. Do you feel that there's anything you've had to give up in order to have the impact you have? Hmm, wow, that's a that's a great question. Anything that I have had, you know, absolutely yes. But I'm not really sure that it's anything I care that I have given right. up. Um, you know, what I have had to give up is I really have had to get very clear on my vision, my, my mission, and my values, and very clear on my goals. So a lot of opportunity comes my way, things to do, things to get involved in. Um, but when I go back and I visit those, I do have to ask um, myself. I've also passed on some business opportunities because 
one of my values is I've in the last few years because I, I definitely have workaholism tendencies is to is to very much um, root back into my family and my friends and so to question whether getting on a plane to go a certain place is you know is this a job that um, you know that I really want to do does this help me fulfill um, you know my mission and balancing those things out so I don't know that I think of it so much as I haven't given up things that I want I think I've gotten more clear on what I want and and combined my personal and my professional life so that those align you know I, I'm old enough that I was raised that business is business and personal is personal and what a load of bull it is not I mean you know I, I work with I work with so many, yeah. Yeah. I work with so many executives who who just ran towards a goal and they turn around and they're, you know, 50, 55, 60 years old and they think, man, I just don't even know my kids. We, man. we don't have a social life. We don't have this and that. And I'm out of shape. I'm, you know, and so I, I, that's a long-winded answer. So sorry about that because it really just made me think. I think I've gotten so razor-like focused on what I do want professionally and personally that it causes that, that I've learned to say no. Yeah. Well, and I, I think you make a really good point about the integration of work and life, especially for an entrepreneur where your business is such a strong reflection of you and what you value. Um, it, mm -hmm. it inevitably gets blended in some way. So, um, yeah, I, I, I purposely asked that in a in a, a little bit of a provocative way, but I, I don't think it's a bad thing to give things up in order to have impact. No, I don't, I, don't, I, don't it, I don't think it is either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you mentioned, um, you know, kind of having workaholic tendencies, and I, I share that yeah. with you. So <laughs> uh, one, of, <laughs> one of the things that uh, I, uh, I, I ask about is how is your own self-care, how does that come into play in affecting your ability to have impact? And are there aspects of your self-care that are particularly important to you that you really make a point of doing or, or discipline yourself to do? In order to maintain your well-being, oh, um, yes, and I am the um, I am the queen of uh, I'm a queen of self-care. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I have, uh, you know, for most of my life and a good chunk of my career, I played the martyr. I mean, everything was all about falling on the sword for everybody else. Until finally I went to um, one of several guru teachers that I went to that finally got it through my head that I was not helping anybody, most of all myself. Um, and she really, really turned um, things around for me. And so there, there are a few that I'm very disciplined about. And one is that um, if you woke up with me um, every single morning, and I'm, 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 I am deeply committed to this, is I start every single day with, 10 minutes of meditation, which doesn't sound like a lot, but if you knew me, I'm quite impressed with myself <laughs> that I get um, that I do 10 minutes um, of, uh, of meditation, followed by um, uh, 30 minutes of listening to some type of positive message. And I believe um, mindset in the morning is very important, and I follow that up with, um, I have my goal cards. I have six gold cards, which are a reflection of my business and my personal um, life, and I, I start my mind um, with those every single morning, no matter where I am in the world, no matter what, um, you know, no matter what I am doing. Um, 
I, I never miss a day of um, a workout, whatever is feeling good um, for me, whether it be a walk, whether it means get on my road bike, whether it means I go for um, a hike. And um, and every six weeks, come hell or high water, it's girls' night out for me. My girlfriends <laughs> who are high-power execs, we leave the office at 3 o'clock. We hit the masseuse or a yoga class or something, dinner out, and no work, no phones, just laugh and have fun. Yeah, that's great. So I'm very, I, think it's, I think it's really, really important. And whatever works for you, I don't think there's a rule around it. It's whatever works for you. Mm-hmm. Well, and you you said morning mindset is so important, and I I completely agree. I have a morning ritual myself, and it's it's all about setting up the way I feel and think first thing in the morning, and sounds like that's true for you in terms of your daily practice. Yeah, I think we don't um, do do enough um, to 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 protect how we start the day and to protect what comes into us um, during the day. You know, my mother used to always say, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, which I know is a common saying, but I heard it so much as a kid. And she's, oh my gosh. I mean, she's just so right. I mean, I think by osmosis, if you surrounded yourself with the right people in the right settings. And so I think to be mindful of that, um, we underrate mindfulness. To, to really think about um, to really think about what we're doing and why we're doing it. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a very thoughtful way to go about the day is thinking about what's coming into your world and what you're choosing to allow. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and I think what you're choosing to um, even what you're choosing to do. I don't know how many times I've caught myself um, taking a breath before I send an email or something like that. And, you know, what you're feeling in a second may not be what you're feeling an hour, you know, from now. Right. Uh, Is there a particular obstacle or barrier that pops into your mind that you have dealt with around having the impact, making the impact that you want to make? I always think it's helpful to hear from people about, well, I've, had this issue and I've, it's not that everything has gone so smoothly and my marketing looks, you know, super shiny and perfect. It's, it's really about everybody's journey having the occasional problem or issue. How do you, how did you deal with that? If you're, if you're willing to talk about an example. Oh, sure. Well, I think the biggest obstacle or barrier I've had goes by the name of Meredith Elliott Powell. And yeah, because I think that, um, you know, it, it, success is really about stamina, isn't it? I mean, do you have what it takes to stay in the game when everything doesn't look perfect? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've had, um, you know, I definitely have had years where the business wasn't flowing in and you have to let go of your ego and take the business um, that, you know, that you can get. Um, those days when you've been making sales calls or looking for business for weeks on end and nobody's returning um, anything, you go to uh, you know you go to a client, you walk into the room with a board of directors, and all of a sudden you're incredibly um, intimidated. That little voice st- starts in your head that says, "I'm an idiot. How did I ever think I could possibly do this?" And then that then that need to be perfect before you ever jump. 
you know, well, I can't do this because I don't have a website. I can't do this because the keynote isn't perfect. You know, I can't do this because this and that. So, you know, I could definitely list a litany of obstacles and things that, that I've, um, you know, that I've encountered. But the biggest one, I'm not kidding, is me and my own mind is the more that I get out there, I mean the reason my business is called Motion First is because I believe motion begets motion. Move, start, get somewhere. Focus on the journey, forget about the result. And my mantra every day is trust the journey. Three jobs, there's a reason for it. It's going somewhere and I've got to stay the course. I love that motion first because taking action is just such an important aspect of just carrying on and mm-hmm. continuing instead of getting stalled because it, it's so easy to lose momentum when you things aren't going well and you just uh, not sure what to do next. And um, yeah, so I love that. I love that name. Yeah, the um, I, I was a banker for years, and one of the luxuries of having been a banker is that you would, you know, work with businesses, and I knew them pretty intimately because I looked at their financials. And I'm going to tell you right now, there is nobody and nobody I ever worked with, and some of the most successful that didn't have really, really bad years. And sometimes those years would be two and three in a row. And it really taught me that when I look at successful people, it's not that they're smarter, it's not that they're better, it's not that they're anything. It's stamina. I mean, this is a game. Is Do you have the perseverance to get back up, do it again, put your ego on the table, and be willing to ask others and learn and grow and, and focus on progress rather than on the results? Yeah, there's a great mantra, progress, not perfection. And I, uh, mm-hmm. I often bring that one to mind when I'm working myself. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, is um, in your marketing that you do for your business, do you integrate or talk about the impact that you want to have? Is that part of the conversation or is that something that you, you kind of have operating in the background? No, it's um, it's in the it's in the forefront. It's right from what's written on my website to the way that I um, to to the way that I open the conversation um, with clients. I feel it's what they're buying. Um, uh, you know, if it is what differentiates me from um, you know from my competitors is we're doing something bigger here than just you buying a product or service. Mm. Yeah, I think that kind of transparency really makes for a great conversation with clients too. Yeah, and I'll tell you, it's you know we're back to the values thing. If that doesn't turn you on, we don't have a values match. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the more that I've gotten to know the the clients that match me is typically a lot of my clients are already successful, but they're after something bigger. Um, and and when you talk about impact, I mean they're interested in making one two. So, um, you know, so it's it's very much, and it, but it's not presented in a it's not presented in a brag type of way. What it's presented in is here's kind of the cool thing. This is what we're doing. This is the difference we're going to make. Mm. Yeah, that's great. What a great way to to put it. Is there any piece of advice or some insight that you would offer to another business owner who's asking, how can I have impact? How can I positively affect things in my own world? Oh, sure. The first, you know, number one more than anything is block that block that day, find that time, really try to figure out 
who you are and what you're about, what matters to you. Because you need to be working from that place of um, passion. And don't put societal pressures on it. I mean, this isn't a right or a wrong. This isn't a whatever. Remember, people have invented things like pet rocks. You know, this our world takes anything, so it doesn't. Um, you know, it, it doesn't matter. But what really matters to you? What gift do you have? What have you overcome? What have you done? What are you passionate about? And we all have it that that you want to present to the world. So first, you really got to figure that out. Um, the second is, and just because I am so passionate um, about it, is that I, I always tell people, build your network and you'll change your life, is that I think once we figure out what we want to do, we get all hung up in how to do it, and we can't get off dead center because we're not sure what to do. Well, here's the great thing. You don't have to know what to do. What you have to know is what you passionately believe in, and you have to get started. But the more people you meet, the more people you connect with. And if you're clear on what you want to do, the brain science shows us that, you know, the doors will open, the people will appear that once we're clear on what we want to do and what we're about, that we'll impact with those people. And I just think we underrate um, connections and people, and, and people will show up who can help you, who will show you the way. So those would be my two pieces of advice. Yeah, that's great. I agree with you. I, I think um, those opportunities do open up as you reach out more and more. So, well, Meredith, thank you so much for sharing all that you've shared with us today. I, I know your motion first um, business and what a wonderful name, um, this focus that you have on um, setting people up to really be able to reflect their own values and their work and, uh, and be successful and have a, a process for, uh, for making profits for their own companies. Um, I think it's a, a really great contribution and I, uh, I want to thank you for the work you're doing in the world. Well, thank you. I've, I have really, um, I've really enjoyed it. This has been a great interview. Thank you so much for letting me be a part of your podcast and a part of your world. Oh, my pleasure. It's been a, a real, uh, it's, I've really enjoyed the conversation too. If, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? They can find me on all the social networks, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook, and I really encourage you to do that. The other is you can always find me through my website, which is valuespeaker.com, just the word value, speaker, and .com, and it's loaded with my blog, tons of videos, um, but I, I love to answer um, questions. I love to help people figure out uh, how to make this economy work for them, so I really want to encourage people to reach out. That would be great. Great. And your books are available on Amazon? My books are available on Amazon as well as on my website. Great. Okay. Super. Well, thanks again, Meredith. It's been great to have you here. Thank you. So join us for more podcasts on impact. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast channel on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll be notified as soon as new podcasts are available. Thank you to everyone listening for being here. Until next time, to keep that positive flow of energy going in your business so you can have your own impact, join our community of entrepreneurs like you by entering your name and email at workalchemy.com.